Hello, my friends. Just doing my pre-space thingy-mabobber. I'll be right back. Okay, do I have it all? I think I have it all. I think I got it all. Hey, Quantum, Joe, Animate, Kenneth. It's good to see you, friends. Um, let's see. We're just waiting on Black Label. Let me see if you just message me. Um, you're not in here yet, Black Label. What are you talking about in my DMs? There we go. Hey, Spaceport. And Goo Factory, hey, I haven't seen you in a minute. It's good to see you, friends. I'm actually, like, really excited about this, because the last time we got to dig into passive income, we uh, talked more about different types of income-generating methods rather than really digging into it. And being that we have a branding expert on deck today, I think that we're going to be able to dive into a little bit more about like the different income workflows that you can do. Um, and I've also just rewritten the income chapter uh, in the Twitter workbook, so applied it directly to Twitter and things like uh, community spaces, tips, Twitter for professionals, etc. So we've got a little bit more application um, as far as uh, Twitter is concerned, but part of me is also thinking about just removing it from the Twitter workbook altogether, mostly because it's, it's so in-depth about income generation, and I'm like, um... This is more for a branding workbook, not necessarily a Twitter workbook. So anyway, I, I ramble. I'm just excited to, uh, to talk about this one. BK, hello, Svets. It's good to see you, friends. You just get Black Label in here. Oh, I might need to invite him. He might not know about this. Hold on real quick. Oh, come on up, BK. Hello, my friend. How you doing? Who, me? Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Good. I'm just getting black label on here real quick. Yeah, I believe he was in with the same space with me this morning for Animate Dad. Oh, was he? I'm so sad I missed that one. It was a good one. It was a good one. It was, a, was, more, it? It was a more of a, a smaller room and a more of an open round table talking big, big concepts with metaverse and stuff. It was nice. Oh, shit. I'd really like to visit that someday, especially with uh, the workbooks. Are, are you talking about that you guys were um, thinking about brainstorming, future projecting about um, his collection in particular with uh, with Metaverse Elements? Yes. Uh, and and also a larger, just larger uh, thought dynamics with um, with the Metaverse in general. Um, Animate had said something to me last week about wanting to have his own Metaverse and it sunk in with me that like wait a minute but we all do that then we can sort of enter each other's dreams and of you know of to enter the sort of the dreamland of the you know in the mindscape of artists that i really value their point of view and their talent is a gift and so once we get there in a couple of years to be able to just have those bubbles cross lines 
be able to transport back and forth is just really exciting to me. And it did it. It occurred to me that <laughs> it took about a week for me to ruminate on something that animate said and, and just the, and the whole conversation was just all different points of view on, uh, what the, how, how, um, omnipotent the the metaverse is actually going to be well completely i also think that what's so interesting about the metaverse as far as a content delivery platform is that it is evolving from like spoken word storytelling yes. into what we have right now which is mostly imagery and now um it, what was interesting was you said dreams like sharing each other's dreams and I, I don't think that's far off. I think that um, the projection of self within um, cyberspace effectively is going to be the next method of engagement. And I mean, you, you know, I'm bullish as hell on that. So yeah, mm -hmm. I'm super excited about that one too. Yeah, I was I was watching the uh, Netflix series, The Sandman, when it all finally gelled for me. And I was like, oh, man. Oh, it's this a is a story be about stories, and it's beautiful. Yep, that's the oldest human thing is is storytelling. Totally. Um, and yeah, I guess as somebody who doesn't tell stories, but you know, delivers abstract ideas and tries to make them tangible, I see so much incentive for myself to create. Um, uh, future-based content for uh, the metaverse, you know, so I'm, I'm deeply interested in that. And uh, maybe we should talk about that on uh, on Wednesday um, here soon. I haven't scheduled one of those Ooh. spaces in a while, but I definitely need to. Um, well, let me say hi real quick to Ori, Dracona. Hello, my friends. Christina, it's so good to see you. Hello. Um, it looks like Black Label is having some struggle buses with his phone. Um so let's just dive the heck on into this, if uh, y'all don't mind. Who just got in here? Misfits, hello, my love. It's good to see you. Um, just so everybody knows, uh, this is an open stage space. So if you want to ask questions, um, being especially that I don't have a co-host and I do have anxiety, if you want to come up and um, help with the conversation, you're more than welcome to as well. Um, but yeah, mostly what we're going to do is introduce a specific topic that's going to be um, monetizing Twitter, mostly with an emphasis on passive income. And I'll tell you about uh, a little bit about that why later. But um, I've lost my train of thought. Yeah, if you have any questions or anything like that, um, please feel free to request. Drew, hello. It's good to see you, my friend. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's just get started then. Um, let me point you to the space above, please, in the pinned posts. Um, I have one tweet in there for my introverts, nonverbal communicators, or if you're just too heckin' busy, please go ahead and write any um, questions, comments, whatever in those tweets, and I will keep an eye out that eye out on that throughout the space. Um, you're also more than welcome to request, vibe on stage without unmuting, or just come up and say, hey, whatever you're comfortable with, you're more than welcome to practice speaking in here or just vibe, you know? Um, but yeah, this is uh, preparing for the next bull run, a moment where all creators uh, get to explore the art of business, where we embrace your authentic voice. This is for anyone under the creative umbrella. So whether you be a digital or traditional artist, photographer, sex worker, streamer, author, web two, web three, whatever, everybody is welcome here. Um, 
let's see. I need to redo my workflow here. Um, oh yeah, thank you to everybody who's uh, who's retweeted the space as well. Um, I'm really excited about the topic today, um, which again is wealth generation for artists. I do have companion examples as well as worksheets in Discord. Um, and in the last pinned tweet, there is a direct link to take you to where those examples are. So please click on that if you need some sort of visual aid for what we're about to talk about. And since I have Spaceport and BK up here, it looks like you guys are going to be my co-host for now. Um, can I just ask pronouns real quick? He, him. Sweet. Space, how are you? I'm doing so well. He, him, dude, bro, awesome guy, whatever you want to call me. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> well, I get to have you as a, as a co-host today. Yeah, I hopped up just to, you know, lend assistance if required. You're literally the best. Hello, my friend. Um, hey, Steph, how are you? Um, all right, so let's just get the heck into it then. Um, let me check on Black Label real quick. Let me just write him back because I feel super. Oh, no, there he is. Black Label, you there? It was insane. My phone like would not load it. Uh, my apologies. No, it's totally okay. I've heard that Twitter Spaces is being butts to a lot of people these days. Yeah, just like it loads up and then there's no audio at all. Everything else operates, but there's no audio. So I don't know. It's weird, but got it working now. Appreciate the patience on that. Yeah, totally. It's good to have you. Um, I guess let me introduce you real quick. Um, so I've introduced the, uh, the topic and um, just some of the, the basic uh things that we do in this space, I suppose. Um, but I wanted to talk to Black Label Art Cult in particular about this because he is a branding expert with a background in business management. It sounds like you have a whole bunch of past projects, current projects running with you right now. And I wanted you in particular to talk about income generation because of the multitude of challenges that you face with all, across all the businesses that you have to not only think about what content you need to make, which is where most artists full stop is I have a product. Here's the content I'm going to make full stop. That's where we usually go, you know? Um, but rather when you own and manage a multitude of businesses, you have to stop and think about product variance based on the type of income that you want. Um, so would you mind just introducing yourself real quick to, uh, to my, my forum of friends down here? Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. Um, so um, I have uh, quite the experience with being an entrepreneur. Um, I'm in my mid-30s now. I started my first business when I was 19. And um, it's something that I've never really been able to not do. Every time I've ever worked for anyone else, I've not enjoyed it. And I think that as artists and creators, um, you know, you're trying to do your own thing and build it up from nothing is just a huge challenge. And yeah, so it's 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 wild. The the current space that we're in and the landscape that we're in is definitely a challenge to do that. Um, but there's always opportunity, and the more you know, and really, I think, quite frankly, look at things in a very realistic way, as like a pragmatic way, and how to grow something and um, do it layer by layer, the more successful you'll be in the long run. So my 
my core background is really in brand identity, uh, corporate brand identity and startup advisement. Um, I've worked in a couple ad agencies. I've worked in a couple international communication companies, some of which you've probably watched on television before. Um, and um, I've also ran two marketing slash um, ad agency and consulting agencies. Um, the most recent I've worked with um, just over 200 clients in about 13 countries ranging from everywhere from, you know, um, small little e-com stores online to uh, biodiesel and space nanotech technologies and pretty much everything else in between. So I've got quite the wide breadth of experience and um, just exposure to different subject matters. More importantly, though, to everyone here, I think the what I do have experience with and I'm happy to help and talk through is multiple different types of revenue streams and business models, um, especially a lot of ones that don't work. Um, and there's a handful of ones that do work. So kind of happy to talk about any of that stuff. But yeah, that's my that's my quick rundown. Sweet. Thank you. Um, so in particular, I wanted to apply this to Twitter, but also recognize that, of course, income generation is an overarching branding subject. So I do want to welcome anybody who has or is interested in multi-platform marketing or multi-platform income generation um, to steer the conversation, ask us questions. Um, just this is your two hours. So yeah, if you have um, anything that we're not addressing up here because we're being too Twitter specific or something like that, um, please feel free to again, comment in the tweet above or uh, request. Um, but yeah, Black Label, I, I think that Twitter is such a unique platform for sales. And I think that we're moving in a very special direction with Twitter that, frankly, I think Instagram could have been if they decided not to corporatize and monetize the crap out of um, small businesses and corporations, frankly. Um, on Twitter, not only can you monetize the platform directly, but it also serves as a conversion tool to other platforms. Additionally, the audience pool is global and engage, which gives us all ample opportunity to hit whatever target audience we have. And like sitting here talking to you right now, I imagine that Twitter employees are behind their desks tasked with innovating and testing the multitude of incentives that they've already released. What I mean by that is that Spaces has obviously exploded and almost like innovated marketing and has forced me to rethink how to use and teach people how to use Twitter. There's also tips. Twitter for professionals that like remains widely untouched, but we can definitely dive into perhaps where they're going with that, um, especially in relationship to um, Instagram uh, for professionals um, and then communities that they're innovating very quickly too. So um, real quick, where do you foresee Twitter going as far as um, monetary options is concerned and um, how have you used that with uh, with any of your businesses besides um, your, your cults that you have? <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I think that the spaces and what we're doing right now is absolutely critical. I mean, I have had, it's very interesting to kind of see the growth that happens just from being involved in a space. Um, I've been involved in a few really good ones, especially this one in the last couple of weeks. And um, we've had a few last week that were really great. And I think it's just a matter of like, I can't control 
what Twitter shows on anyone else's feed. But if someone's in a room and they can hear me speak and I'm in a room and I can hear someone else speak, I can get to know them a hundred times faster um, than I can, you know, hoping to see a post they made with a hundred characters and an image um, at, you know, once a week or something. And so I think that that type of exponential growth is massive and there's a huge opportunity to do that. But I think the caveat there and the kind of asterisk for all artists is that you have to come in a very genuine way and you have to come and bring value, provide value and kind of absorb value from different people when you're in these places. Um, because I've also heard people kind of misuse it in a very like shilling or selling way. And I think as with any real conversation, it's a matter of adding value there and in doing so you'll end up growing. And I think there's a massive opportunity to utilize things like this, um, as well as uh, the new communities that are starting up in order to just ramp up and, uh, build, um, out your platform. I think it's important to think about things as layering where like you, you have to kind of, you can't just do one thing and then jump to the next and jump to the next. Like you have to kind of make sure one layer is solidified first and then build onto it with the next one. And as you mentioned with the different platforms or branching out into different things, people can also dilute themselves too really quickly by doing that. And unless they have a foundation built in one place, but then the opportunity is to make sure that's solidified. And then you move on to the next place, solidify that, then move on to the next thing. And I think it's the same thing within certain features on Twitter as well. Totally. Let me uh, grab art salon real quick and then I'll, uh, I'll come back. Excellent. How are you? I'm excellent. How are you, baby? Arkino. I'm doing all right. It's good to see you. Let me clear my, let me clear my throat. <clears> throat. Good to see you as well. Um, thank you for letting me let me chat. And my question to the group or the room or the space or whatever, um, the individuals, the geniuses in this space together. Shout outs to animate real quick. <laughs> Hello, baby. I love you. Uh, my question to Black Label is what are your thoughts? I have my thoughts and I'm a little bit biased. So it's kind of a leading question, but I'll ask it anyway. What are your thoughts on the fact that people like Kino, people like yourself, people like animate, you know, people like, I don't know, Astra or, or Acrobat or, you know, dragons, whatever. What do you think about the fact that we are the algorithm and that we are helping shape what Twitter is. And therefore that means that we can have our own algorithm and shape it a little bit more cohesively or intimately. Um, do you have any, any thoughts on making your own literal platform, not like off of Twitter or off of, polygon or off of you know foundation but your own for real for real now that we know we can program these things now that our besties are are our programmers can you speak to that yeah um so i have a lot of thoughts about that <laughs> i've got a lot of thoughts about that i think that talk for about starters, it. i think i'll start with this sorry go ahead no, I'm just excited that you had thoughts. I'm I'm excited to, to I'm 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 happy yeah. to hear that you have thoughts. So I mean, my okay. I'm trying not to like split up into like a hundred different directions on you. I think the the number one thing for me is if someone else has already built it, 
um, and it works well and it's a, you know, excuse my language, but a pain in the ass to fix or develop anything else or to whatever, then you might as well use what they have and use it to your advantage. That's my first answer when it comes to Twitter and what they're doing. Um, and some of these advancements, like the stuff that like the, the amount of work that's involved in developing something that would be like outside of this platform and its own thing is substantial. Having said that, if it's something that isn't a social media platform, um, if it's something that's more of a closed forum or a place that has a um, somewhat of like a centralized position in the way that it displays work or something to that effect, I'm a little bit biased in this because my biggest project that I haven't talked a lot about is actually focused on this thing right now. So I, I don't want to like you know use the the space to kind of talk about what I'm doing, but it's it, a matter of like being able tell to us. tell us. Okay. Okay. Um, so I'm building some, so, okay. Months ago when I started in this space, yes, I'm an artist and I, we created an AI and we were working on stuff. And then I also have, you know, the art and the creative side. And I post about that stuff. And that's really what I'm trying to do right now, as far as build a community and, and just get with the culture and kind of be one-to-one with everybody. But in the background, um, in fact, in the next like two days, I think the MVP is going to be live, but we're going to launch a, um, sort of an exclusive gallery publication. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call it platform, but I would say more of a, a web three site that's going to be exclusive to, um, most likely at this point, AI artists, I think now that things are sort of curated in that direction. Um, but, but a place for people to kind of have like more exclusive interactions and more of an intimate setting with the way that work is displayed. That's going to be focused on expression, storytelling, publication, interviews, things of that nature. And I think there's ways to amplify that. There's also a couple other groups that are doing something very similar. Um, one of which I was, I was sort of invited to earlier today. And I think that it's just amazing that these different people are thinking about things in that way. It's Twitter and, you know, kind of going back on subjects, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but, but Twitter in general is something that allows all of us to connect. But as you ask about the algorithm, it's something we kind of, I kind of look at it as we have to feed the algorithm, you know, we have to kind of force it to show us each other and we have to kind of work on and grind out that engagement in order for all of us to see each other all the time and promote each other. I think the one thing that's a negative to thinking about, you know, having your own platform or, or kind of forcing our own network of things within the community or whatever else is that, that there it's a two-sided coin, right? Because in one way that makes us all stronger because we're able to see each other's work and we can promote it and we can support. But then on the other side of it, it also creates a silo, which is a really dangerous thing too, because you don't want to alienate, isolate, or exclude other people from joining that may be collectors or people who actually want to spend money on things. And so you have to be where those people are too. So it's, it's a great question. And I, I, I could elaborate on any of those points, but I think that it's something that it's, it's what we're using right now. And even like this methodology right now is spaces is something that's so powerful. And we're all having this conversation. Everybody's listening and we're all in it together in a way where just a few months ago, like that wasn't necessarily possible. And so I think that's like a huge opportunity and we should try like lean on these things that other people are spending, you know, six figures, seven figures in order to maintain and develop out. And we just use it to our advantage. That's, that's sort of my philosophy. 
I'm also interested in if they were asking from the perspective of a creator or a Web3 builder, too, because I feel like the conversation would be very different depending upon um, which type of client, customer, whichever um, you'd like to apply to that um, is. And what, what I mean by that is that if I'm talking to an artist who wants to use Ko-Fi versus Patreon versus their own website, then that's going to be very different than an NFT project that is looking to build their own website based on um, pre-established codes and workflows. Um, so Art, Art Salon, can you just um, contextualize it just a little bit? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy you asked because that was, I'm, I'm, I'm itching, itching to, to explain this. And maybe this is not the place to flush it all out. Um, however, I'll say this. I believe that just like, first of all, let's say this. I'll say this. We are creators. We're early, right? Everyone knows that phrase. We're early. We're early. We're early. We're early. So if we are early, that means that you don't look to your left or your right to know what to do. It is us telling people what to, excuse my French, motherfucking to do. So we're not looking left and right. Like, what do we do? What do we do? No, we are the ones who tell people what to do. We are Google. We are Facebook. You know what I'm saying? Like, we we have so much power that we can actually tell Facebook what to do. And what they hope that we don't know is that we have that power. I categorically understand that Zuckerberg hopes, Elon Musk hopes... You know, the people who own whatever uh, football franchise hopes they don't under they hope that we don't understand that we actually tell them what to do because they are actually getting viewership for quote unquote free. We, you know, social media is free, but it's not. We are paying with the thing that everyone tells us you can't buy your time back. Life is short. Well, we all know that, you know, that that uh, euphemism or that plenitude. So if we understand that, why in the hell would I waste my quote-unquote time lest it be a mutual mutual understanding? So if I know I'm going to be on Twitter, then Lord knows I better get some remuneration some way, somehow. And so that's why I feel like or that's just my stance. And, and I wonder what other creators like me think about that. Because I don't think that we're on a, at, at a stronghold. I think that Twitter, we can tell them, hey, give me my 100 back. I want to hit a 100. You know, give me that back. They look to us who tell them what to do. We are the algorithm. I'll circle back to that. I think yeah, that, I'm done. Thank you. No, you're fine. Um, thank you for your thoughts. I, I do actually think that the phrase we are the algorithm is interesting, especially in relation to monetization. So an algorithm exists so that a platform is able to sell ads. Um, I do want to put a giant asterisk on that. I actually do think that algorithms are a not universal good because there are certain platforms, I think, that absolutely exploit it. But on Twitter, I think that they have built a beautiful algorithm that is accessible. Um, that does not mean that there are not problems because, oh, my God, there are. 
Um, I've never really gotten into that. Um, but yeah, when, when it comes to an algorithm, it's important to recognize that it is there to serve to make the platform money. And through that monetization, um, it wants to have as much um, retainment as possible of eyeballs, of your attention and of your engagement. Now, of course, if you've been in my spaces, I'm reading my workbooks for long enough, you know that there are ways to train your algorithm towards a direction that is beneficial for you. Um, I also think that it's interesting that um, algorithms also give incentives to monetize on the platform. But of course, these platforms are still taking a chunk away from um, all of those monetizations, unless we look at platforms like Ko-Fi or maybe Twitter when it starts innovating. But I, I highly doubt that. Um, but yeah, most transactions that are made on a social media platform, of course, there is going to be a piece of the transaction that that platform takes. Um, I think that it's interesting that you opened up with thoughts about making your own platform. Um, and I was wondering if that's for sales, social media, SEO, community, etc. There, there are so many different reasons to engage with specific platforms and so many utilities that a project or an artist needs in order to scale their business. I think that mm -hmm. the most apt, um, sorry, real quick, I think that the most apt example right now is Discord. I think that a lot of us hate Discord, um, myself included. I, I just, I don't think it's accessible. I think that onboarding is a pain in the butt and it's UI just isn't that friendly. So we as artists who are also looking to build our community, especially based on our personality or our art, um, are effectively looking for this, this healthy community-based element off of Discord, but it's not serving us, nor is it, is it serving our platform goals. So we have new projects that are coming in and projects that are identifying that, oh, artists and NFT projects, the future of art, no longer want to invest in Discord. They have taken the time to identify its problems. So have we, because we have listened. So now we're going to build something better and eventually, of course, monetize that. Um, go ahead, Art Salon. I'm sorry. Oh, my head is spinning. Um, <laughs> my head is spinning, but I will say this. When I came into Web3, uh, not knowing anything, I took a course from the the heavyweight NFT Mansi, Mansa, rather, and I paid to take a course one on one and resumed or whatever the hell you know Discord. Okay, I have taken a a course that took maybe like six months to to complete via Discord, and then I realized that Discord is for that. Is for tutelage and really is for gamers. So when I when when I hear the whole like community and da -da, like Discord is not for community. It is to uh, combat others and be the winner. That's what the Discord. If you talk to the people who 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 uh, invented Discord, that's what they're for. And so I think that. Web3 hopped on that because it was the best thing smoking. But this, I mean, literally, it's called Discord. And we're saying we want community. How can you make a community on a platform that's not yours as a, as a creator 
that's called discord. You know, like for me, like it doesn't make sense. And I, I imagine it maybe could be why it's not clicking all the way. It may be why they get glitched out. It may be why you thought your wallet was this way and now it's that way, perhaps. All I'm saying is if we are creators, not even if, we are creators. So how come we aren't creating our own thing and inviting others to, to sit down and have and you know have a have a chat, have a smoke, um, share. Um, share share tokens, and it's just in that your own little bubble. You know, I got this, I got that. Oh, my homeboy got t-shirts. Oh, my homeboy got hats. Oh, my homeboy has insurance. Oh, my homeboy knows how to code. You know, and let's just you know, in their own little insular thing, we have our own little baby token. We don't need a thousand million trillion people to rock with it. We are creators. You have your own little creator bubble with your own little creator people that rock with you. You see where I'm going? My question, it's a statement and it's a question. How come we're not doing that in the in masses? How come there's not a thousand, you know, Kino platform or Acrobat platform, uh, Animate Dead platform? not going on to uh, Twitter to get to animate. How about I just go straight to animate, for example? Well, I'll play devil's advocate, even though I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I think that the, the Why biggest the challenge... Why would you want to play with the devil? <laughs> Good Why question. Would you um, then I'll just be contrarian, I guess. Why would you want to fuck with the devil? Just talk to me straight. Like, <laughs> let's not put the devil into this, okay? Like, the, like, like the world is crazy. Let's not add that person, that in that entity, that person, that man. Let's not do that, please. I think like, I think that we're also getting into Wednesday space territory, so I do need to steer this back a little bit to um, income generation. But let me let me let uh, BK go up because he's uh, he's got his hand. Um, I just have a question. Um, do you what what are your, what's everybody's thoughts on the on our ability to milk this Twitter circle thing? Because I just started reading about it this morning, where you have your own small little community um you need you know you you pick you pick who is in your you know your buddy list what are your thoughts i mean i'm not really sure what the utility is going to be other than similar to the myspace top was that nine ten i don't remember um mostly because i haven't seen any algorithmic significance to it other than the relationship factor um, and they're also like, they're, I, I don't foresee them putting that behind a paywall. Obviously they're super followers and there might be some sort of integration there, but for now it seems like it's more aesthetic than a real utility, you know? Cool. Thank you. But um, real quick on the subject that we were on, I did want to segue just a little bit. Um, I think that when we are talking about using and making our own platforms and isolating to our own income generation platforms, that is certainly something that you need to consider. 
for example, I've been on Patreon since 2016, I believe. And I recently just launched a website via Squarespace. Now, Squarespace does take a chunk of any income that I make. The um, monetary platforms, uh, which include PayPal, Stripe, or the other one, um, all also take a chunk of any income that I make from that as well. And I think that the gateway to wealth generation is passive income and your ability to effectively monetize without having to constantly manage things. But of course, you also need to think about what platforms work for you, what are available and what aren't going to exploit you. Um, so that's that's kind of where I wanted to to go with this conversation. But I also want to say hi to Steph real quick. How are you, my friend? Hi, I'm good. Can you hear me? I can. It's good to see you. Good to see you. Um, I just wanted to say something to what Art was saying. Um, I I loved, you know, the passion and like the the point that she's getting across because like I'm totally with it. I think the reason why people don't do that more is just you know because we're constantly being distracted and um, you know told what to think and what to do and and then on top of that it's like a kind of a culture of convenience so if there's already things out there that we can be utilizing that's kind of what people go to to start building and also because if you take on a project of trying to create something like that for yourself sometimes it kind of takes a like depending on what kind of creator you are what you want to do that can be something totally different from the thing that you're passionate about doing it can take it can kind of like distract you from your purpose I guess or the thing that you your genius zone um so that's what I'd say to that I, although I it would be awesome if like Twitter would kind of follow the web3 world like what attracted me to web3 I've only I only got into it like three months ago and what attracted me to it was the idea of making things more equitable and you know um, things like DAOs like where you're con you're being you're receiving con compensation for your contribution to the overall um, space that you're in I guess so it would be awesome if Twitter would kind of follow that route when they do start to monetize things and, you know, reward the people who are um, helping their interaction and their algorithm and that kind of stuff. But yeah, that's my thoughts. After you, Salon, go ahead. Um, I think, I think, well, really and truly, I just wanted to understand who was speaking <laughs> so I can DM them to say, hi. <laughs> I like to DM people and be like, hey, what's up? I'm curious who was speaking, first of that all. That was Steph. Okay, Steph. Yeah, sorry. Oh, with, the, with, with the pretty blue. And oh, is that a redhead or a pink head? Okay. She got pink and it's beautiful. Pink. <laughs> yeah, I don't have my glasses on, so it looks pink and red to me. So my... To, to your point, again, I'm saying perhaps there are those of us in a group, in a larger group, in a smaller group, whatever, that will take on um, the tactics, if you will, of social media as a whole and use it as a loose template because 
like you said, why are we waiting for someone to give us anything? If we are creators, dot, 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 we are creators. Therefore, it is whatever we say. Like we're talking to each other. We're talking to other creators. The bulk of us are not normies. You know, the bulk of normies are in my time zone is 340. They're still at work. They are seething at the mouth to get off at 5 p.m. So so my question, query and uh, suggestion and just out there is how come we don't do our own? And just like a slow going pace like Facebook, like I remember when Facebook came up. I don't know if y'all know this, but YouTube started as a uh, dating site. YouTube started as a dating site and they course corrected because they realized what people were sending in. It was like, yo, they're sending in videos of other things not related or tangentially created or related to dating. And so let's course correct. And Lord knows YouTube is huge, you know, and so it, it may be that animate right now or or Kino platform right now is like measly peasly. But my goodness, it could be you know five years from now <laughs> you want to be on the Kino da 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 or the animate da 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 da. You know, I, I that's, all, that's like... what I'm saying. I feel like this conversation discounts a lot of the work that a lot of artists, creators, devs, um, et cetera, have already done, though. Um, I recognize that my platform is a slow build, and that is particularly because I don't have a budget. Um, but you're doing it on someone else's platform. You're not doing it on Kino. I think that's okay right now. It's a slow build and I don't mind doing it because I would have to, instead of investing in my resources and monetizing those, then I would have to instead have a budget, pitch um, investors to um, be able to afford a lifestyle, um, which is ramen right now, um, but a lifestyle that enables me to build things that are not directly monetizable. So right now I recognize that my priority where, yes, I would love to eventually um, explore my own platforms. For now, my lifestyle and being able to feed myself necessitates that I use another platform and that's okay. Um, Anne, you've had your hand up for a minute. Hi. Hi, Kino. Nice to see everybody. Hey. Can you guys hear me okay? Yes, we can. Good. Um, yeah, I wanted to just jump in on um, Art Salon's point about um, people having their own platforms instead of, you know, using Discord or building your empire on someone else's land, as they say. And um, a lot of people are doing this. Um, you know, you were saying, why aren't, why aren't more people building their own thing? But there are a lot of people that are building their own thing. And I think that it's a little bit easier, well, and harder in a way, but it, it's easier than maybe you might think. Um, I had one myself about, oh, I don't know, seven years ago. And maybe it's more of a Web 2 thing. And maybe, and perhaps that's why there aren't more Web 3 people that are doing this or know about it. But, um, you know, there are all sorts of WordPress plugins that you can get to create your own membership site. 
and some of them are fairly easy to use. Uh, they do take a fair bit of management on the back end, though. So, you know, there is a thing where if you're a creator, you know, like myself, I like to do photography and, and make my art and share my art. And I found that a disproportionate amount of my time ended up being used to manage the membership site. Um, but it was doable. And there are also other alternatives. Uh, my husband has one that is used as a platform called Plush Forums. And I think if I were to do it again, I might look at that because it seems like it's uh, much more manageable in that someone else totally manages the back end. You don't have to do any of the development part of it yourself. Whereas if you use a WordPress plugin, you're kind of managing it yourself. You have to manage that whole back end. But it is doable, and lots of people do have their own membership sites instead of using Discord. Um, having said that, though, I think Discord does have its benefits, though, because it's easy to set up, and people can move in between their sites very easily. So that, that is one thing. Instead of having a whole different you know, house for your membership site, you can go to Discord and switch between them very easily. So they all have their pros and cons, but it, it is very doable to create your own membership site. BK, after you. Yeah, I want to put a little bit of shine on what you said, Kino, and what Ann just said um, in that um, utilize, utilizing the spaces like, like Twitter and like Discord, I think there were we're not talking about the fact that there is this axiom of a psychological underlay underlayment with social media in that it's non-threatening. So people are building their empires on here and kudos to them. And I, I as a create, as a soul, solely a creator, am attempting to do the same thing as well, but there is a non-threatening element to social media that is not afforded to, you know, a private site. So I think these things are going to all work themselves. It's going to come out in the wash for everyone in their own time. Cause I think we're all going to stay pointed in the same direction and we're all going to know exactly where the vanguard of, of this is because we're a part of it. I do believe we are part of the tip of the, of the spear, um, like art station or like arts. Uh, I'm trying to see without my glasses. Art salon was saying at which power to you sister, I believe it, in your sentiment completely and i think the thing that's going to be the regulator for all of us as creators is how much of your flow state are you willing to sacrifice everybody knows that, that the flow state is a sacred space that's where you do your best work that's when nothing else in the world matters and that's what feeds our souls so it's just going to be uh, you know because i know myself listening to the concept of doing the building building the things that I'm building out now, even if I were to halt those projects and start to try to make my own social space, it would take up just too much of my flow space that there's not enough hours in the day for it. So I'm, I'm personally going to ride that wave in. I'm going to be at the front of it and, and you know, I'm, I'm here to stay, but it's ultimately everyone will make up that, you know, will make up their own mind with that was like, wait a minute, I'm getting myself in way too deep. I need to just be doing, especially with the whole addiction of uh, 
of AI art, which we are, I, any of us that have used it know that we have a hook in our gills. No disputing it, and we're not pulling it out. But, um, yeah. So, I just, oh, do you mind real quick, it. Black Label? No, go ahead. Pardon me. Um, I just want to acknowledge to anybody in the room who is here for the income generation um, conversation. Obviously, this has gone a bit sideways. Um, if I need to do a better job moderating uh, based on what your expectations were, please let me know in Discord. Um, but right now, I'm going to follow this conversation because that's what the stage is interested in. Um, I do want to let everybody know that we do have a sales and conversion workshop coming in October. And if you are a member of journeyman and above we will cover that extensively um i'll have more information um out well i have more information available for you guys soon um black label go ahead yeah so i think you know i love the passion around all this and wanting to create your own thing i'm such an absolute proponent around creating your own thing and i have been for a long time there's significant challenges around doing a lot of what's said, and it's significantly more challenging and really, quite frankly, more expensive um, than maybe some may believe it is. And I think that if you like everyone, we're, we're right now, we're on spaces, we're on Twitter. There's a reason for that. And that's because this this is a platform that facilitates conversation already. And there's a reason why you're all on it is because that's where everyone else is. When I first launched um, this brand a few months back, I opened up Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, ran all of them for about 30 days and shut down two. And you can guess which one I'm, I'm still on. And there's a reason why. The reason is because that's where everybody is. That's where everyone is for the conversation. If you think that growing a Twitter account is a challenge, I can tell you that growing, regardless of development or producing or making or anything like that, but growing a separate uh, platform as a company to get people on is a million times harder. Um, and it's not just harder, but it's a, it's a ton of work. And I, I say that with experience cause I've worked with, um, I think two, maybe three clients in my, in my career that have launched platforms or attempted to do so. And it is an extremely difficult thing to do. It's not to say that you can't do it. And I think there is opportunity in the web three world to do it, but it's a substantial, substantial workload, probably about a million dollar price tag for an MVP. Um, and it's definitely more complex than like a WordPress plugin in this world of things with like Web3 and stuff. It's significantly more complicated. And so like the, there's ways to go about doing that with funding and everything else. And maybe we get to that point too. Um, but there's definitely like some some realism I just wanted to throw onto the, the stage and kind of, you know, put that there. But Space, after you, my friend. Um, yeah, what's up, guys? What's up, Black Label? Um, kind of to piggyback on what you're saying to answer the new topic is if there should artists make their own platform? No. <laughs> like, it's it's like what Black Label is saying. It's that is just a, why reinvent the wheel. There are tons of tools in place that help you achieve that. And yes, some of them require a lot of work, or some of them take a little bit of a cut. But uh, that's not I mean, come on, what do you expect? Just you want you want like a huge platform that exposes your art to you know millions of people for free. That's crazy. So I, I think that uh, building your own platform is I mean, go for it if you want, but that's just um, a huge mountain that doesn't need to be climbed. And there are already enough difficult things in place to find success to do that. Black Label, I've got a question specifically for you. Um, and uh, just kind of what, what BK was talking about earlier. Um, I have been absolutely consumed uh, using mid journey 
uh, AI over the past few weeks. Um, and <laughs> just, a, just a little background on me. Um, I have a similar background to you. Uh, I, you know, went to college, got out and immediately have just done nothing but build and work for businesses on my own. Um, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in my, my late, uh, thirties. Um, and I've never worked for anyone else. And I, I think the, the romantic view of what it takes to build something successful is kind of, um, I don't know. The struggles, if you haven't had to endure them yourself, can be maybe overlooked. But as far as the AI aspect goes, um, I, this is uh, this is just the, the the bots that I've used to create AI art are incredible. And uh, as a business person and an artist myself, I see it as an awesome tool. Um, I don't see it as like a human artist versus computer artist kind of thing like that. I think that's kind of missing the point. And there is some, just every day I'm thinking of like 10 new ideas of how this can be utilized to create successful businesses. What is it that you're seeing? Um, you already mentioned that you're building something, but outside of what you're actively working on, what are some things that you have seen um, to kind of like turn this back on to passive income generation for the people in the room? What are some general opportunities that you've seen? I think um, the number one thing that comes to mind is content generation. Because anything that's ever been done before, like really since before, like the last 45 days, 60 days, maybe in the history of, of the human race, like you had to create content and it takes a long, long time. And especially as an artist, if you're creating a singular one frame 2D piece of anything, it requires a lot of time. And even if you're, you know, um, like I've had social media managers who are going on to Canva making little templates or whatever for social media posts. And it takes an hour to do that. Now I can produce a hundred images that look like works of art in about, you know, 15 minutes. And so like, I think that it's not just artwork, but content generation. Like, I think that's a huge opportunity where you're able to produce or like now my biggest challenge is what piece do I want to post? Not do I have to create something to post? And I, and that's a completely different paradigm than we've ever been able to see before with, with AI specifically. It's a little bit overwhelming. I'm sure everyone who's in the space is a little, I mean, if you're, if you say you're not overwhelmed then you haven't seen enough, I think. So there's just so much happening with it. And I think it's a little bit overwhelming. I think it's chaos, but a good chaos. And I think that as time progresses, things will start sifting out and clearing out and taking shape a little bit in terms of different tools to use for different purposes. Because right now it's like, oh, hey, I made this thing that can do a thousand things. Why don't you go play with it? And you're like, oh, I'll go spend you know two hours inside of code and try to figure out what it is that's going on. And I think that you know in the future, you're going to have things that'll be more productized. They'll be more streamlined for revenue generation and being able to say like, oh, cool. Well, you need flyers. Then you can go into our AI program and it can create a thousand or it can create 365 flyers, one for every single day of the year done. And that right there is a business model in itself, just doing that right there. And so I think like there's, there's this, we, I, I like to talk about this idea of paying your, your attention or spending time as a currency. And one of the biggest things people have always spent their time on with social media or generating revenue for business was creating content to attract people. And that process is almost completely negated. Did I show you the asset workflow black label? 
Um, I'm not sure. Is it what you posted earlier today? No, I'm going to show you a super sneaky thing from uh, the workflow chapter. It's it's basically I've gone through and illustrated how you can have like infinite amount of content generation, especially, you know, based on your target audience and community, plus the different post types. I'm just like trying to work towards making sure that nobody ever dries up with their content ever again. Um, so I made the, the asset workflow. So I'll, I'll, I'll super sneaky drop that on you real quick. Um, but Misfits, cool. go ahead. Can, can no, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. Misfits. Do you mind if I just one last thing to to that? Um, I I was talking with a friend about the AI stuff, who's also an artist. And if we look back in history, the kind of battle between art and tech is nothing new. The biggest one being like the invention of the the camera and what that did for painters back in the day, portrait painters, landscape painters. And it brought you know, if any of you know your art history, that brought in the entire impressionist movement. I think AI art generation might be forcing artists to head in that direction this time. And I think it's going to be absolutely huge. So I'm not sure what the answers are. Just if you're not plugged into what AI art can do and what it is, keep an eye out because there are some massive opportunities for growth, for business, for niche markets that have never been possible before. Um, but Black Label, thanks for your thoughts on that. Um, super great to meet you, dude. Uh, great chat. I love hearing all your brain meets, especially you, Spaceport and Black Label. I just like I want to get you guys in a cafe and just shut the fuck up and listen to you both. Um, can I be a butt real quick? Um, being that we have changed the name of the space and totally 180 the uh, subject matter, ADHD is great today. Um, I would love it if you guys retweet the space. Um, I would especially love if you have anybody interested or who has rather built their own platforms and experienced going into owning their own business, thinking that, oh, we're just going to start an account somewhere and then make money and then, you know, run into the pains of having to build everything by themselves. Um, I would love to have more of those um, examples in here too. Um, but Misfit, go ahead. And then I want to go to you, NFT Buzz, my love, because I saw your hand up for a second. Uh, Misfits, go ahead. Hey, everybody. Um, I misfit here. I agree. Uh, Spaceport and uh, Black Label, if you guys, like, if Kino ever gets y'all together in a cafe and just listen to you talk, I'd love to be there or hear it because I'm very inspired right now to not just create, but it's like I'm looking at this field and I'm thinking, really, the sky is the limit with just everything that I love creating and everything like that. It just, like, endless possibilities. And it reminds me of, like, the thing I tell myself daily. I've been doing this for less than a year. Um, feels like a lot longer. I feel like in the NFT community or the, the creator community, I should say, like a week is almost like a month, etc. So it feels like longer. It hasn't been a year, but I remind myself daily, like the steps that I'm taking to build like my art and my writing and everything involved with my creative passion project, which I'm right now calling the Misfits, is okay in my process. So for example, Kino, you started out with Patreon. Now, years later, you said you started in 2016 and now you have everybody yes. converting, changing over to your website. And I love hearing about your journey because I see the things that you've built and I'm like, this is really cool. That works for you. And that just seems to resonate so well. And then when I hear how long you've been working on it, I'm actually inspired and encouraged going, this is so cool. So me getting all caught up in where I'm at right now with writing and stories and really figuring out how to speak to people who follow me on Twitter and how to really close that gap. Like when I say things, of course, I would love for it to resonate with people, be a balance of things that 
I have to say about my art and my writing and also connect with people who really vibe with it and want to understand more. So it's like helping with that language and Kino and the creative industry discord, everybody there's really, really helped me discover that and given me a safe place to explore and realize I can publicly be okay with who I am and what I create. And if somebody chastises me, that's on them, not me. Um, and starting out with what I'm starting out with, I, to go to the personal platform thing, it would make no sense for me to build my own platform right now. Cause I am really figuring out Twitter, which has been my favorite platform as a creator so far. I'm trying to think of a second one. I think I'm leaning towards TikTok just in case. I've got stories of how platforms shifted in the past, but yeah, there's a risk involved when you use a platform that's owned by a company, but that's where my people are at. These are where my friends are at that I'm building relationships. And if I go build something now, who's going to be there besides me? Because nobody knows yet. Like, is it worth the time to invest? Is it worth the time to be a part of the community of what I'm building? And what kind of platform would that look like? So the things that I'm doing now, like learning Twitter, sharing my art, sharing my stories and the things that I want to create and inviting people who vibe with it to come and, you know, share their inspirations and create almost like the other half of what I'm building. I'm in the process of realizing what that looks like for me. And yeah, right now I have a website. I do happen to personally like WordPress and the plugins. I have experience with it as a food blogger for 13 years. Do I want to stay there forever? No. It seems to work for me right now, though, and I'm praising it as part of the journey. So when I have more things, like if somebody wants to learn more, they can go there. But right now, I love using things like Twitter and TikTok, where everybody is, and gathering inspirations. And if I build something that is, you know, misfit-oriented on a different, you know, my own specific platform later, I think that's cool. But it's definitely too early for me to make any decisions on that, because I'm just building and learning. That's one of the things I thought was really cool about the the worksheets that you shared to the Patreons in your Discord keynote is the um, the passive income ideas. I thought, well, I would never think of that. Like, I could literally do that now instead of building a business from scratch and doing something different. Like, the time that's invested in writing and art and things. Like, we could do things, you know, closer to now. Everything requires building. I don't mean now literally, but I think the idea of passive income for creators really like even expands the knowing what's possible because like, you don't know what you don't know. But we just know more about what we can do as creators and everybody who buys our art, buys our NFTs or interacts with us and loves what we create, they're totally vibing with us and we're inspiring someone on a level. So to be able to give that an energy exchange with like income and, and passive income ideas, I think is fantastic. It just gives creators more options. So thank y'all so much for contributing to a community like this. And Kino, you know, I love you and I'm a huge fan. Bill, I love you. Thank you for all your thoughts. Um, and thank you for all of your feedback with um, the, the income chapter, too. I, I'm really glad that I, uh, I asked you and um, all the other members, because the, the way that I think about it has pivoted. And maybe that's because, you know, I think about the different types of income and then the uh, fulfillment options and then the product. But I think that we have a very interesting way that we usually look at all of our opportunities. And that's to start with, what do I have? And then what products can I make from that? And that's 
viable, but if you're looking to scale as an artist, and especially I think with looking at differentiation of platforms as well as incentives for people to not only buy from you, but to engage with you, then you need to start doing it in the opposite direction, which is what are the income types? Then what are the sales channels that are attractive to your lifestyle or your needs? And thereafter, what products can be made for this purpose? Um, but uh, yeah, let me go to NFT Buzz. My friend, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. I'm enjoying good the conversation. I just want to um, remind everyone to retreat the room. This is a great conversation people need to be listening to. But on the current um, topic, should artists make their own platform? I think yes and no. I think having your own platform is the NFT itself. If you have a custom contract and you're not directly tied to OpenSea and so and, and because you, you have your own custom contract, you could do so much with that. I myself, I minted through Zora and they've enabled me to embed a, like a buy now feature on my, on my website. So I have a mint page on my website, but it's through Zora, but it's a custom contract. So I own it. So I think that in itself is owning your own platform. Um, no less, you also have white tool, um, white, white label tools out there, such as Rarible, which enables you to create your own community marketplace. Uh, which, which is a whole nother thing. I, I think um, marketplaces are like looking at Web3 as if we, we, as if we need Etsy or Amazon or like we're all going to, I think eventually, yes, we're all going to have our own platforms, but that's going to look many different ways. Web2 versus Web3. And that's sort of the, that's sort of the pathway for decentralization in general. And the thing that, you know, you in, in a centralized world, there's a lot of different people going to one singular place and a decentralized world. There's a lot of different people owning their own place, but they have to still be connected by singular methodology or several, you know, singular methodologies. Um, it can't be like super spread out. So what you're talking about is very similar to the way that we're building what we're building right now. And that is by, uh, by enabling our site, which is uh, in the front ends of web two, but then the back end is powered by web three different functionalities, such as being able to things on your own or own your own smart contracts or things like that. And so as you're able to go out, you can, you can do exactly what you said. You can build your own platform and with the invent of smart contracts and being able to set things up in a way where they're lifelong royalties or, um, as Kino's doing with Patreon, there's ways to do that with smart contracts as well with like subscription bases or things like that. And that world of things is going to open up a singular pathway in terms of functionality and facilitation that does not exist within web two that actually is a very decentralized thing in web two because there's a hundred different ways to go about doing the same thing within the web three world you'll be able to create your own smart contracts and be able to house those facilitations within your own ecosystem and then connect it to what everyone else is doing so i i love that it's a brilliant approach what I'm so bullish on with this conversation, too, and what um, was being stated earlier was why aren't these platforms being built? And I think that we've already addressed that, um, obviously, investment time and, you know, making sure that you can afford to eat are all parameters of why we as artists are not building. Um, but I think that we have an opportunity, a very unique opportunity right now to ensure that businesses who do have investors as well as those um, that, that liquid asset um, and devs on their team, um, sorry, is that we can let them know that these are things that we want. 
So what are some of the, the opportunities that we have, for example? Um, if you're a photographer, you have stock imagery, but stock imagery doesn't really exist in Web3 just yet. But there's no reason that we can't pitch these companies like Getty or um, somebody, again, with like a dev team behind them to build these platforms for us. And we can effectively become ambassadors um, for those platforms and obviously monetize those platforms as well. So I, I think that, yeah, if you if you don't have the, the time, the income to invest in your own platforms, then don't be shy about onboarding these businesses into it, which I think is enormously lucrative for you as a creator right now. Um, so I'm sorry, just identifying one more income stream. Um, if you are able to advise businesses on how to engage with Web3 as well is on board into Web3, that can be enormously lucrative for you as well. Um, I believe it was Steph and then Annie, please, or Anne, excuse me. Yeah. Hey, um, can you hear me? Yes. Ma'am. Okay, good. Yeah, I've been taking a bunch of notes because <laughs> um, I just love what everybody's saying. Misfits, I loved everything you were saying. You even used a phrase that I use a lot too. Um, we don't know what we don't know. Um and then I was thinking a lot when um, you guys were speaking just about how everything kind of needs to happen in its own time and how there's like steps to what needs to happen. Like I've been kind of in a similar place to Kino where like not necessarily having the finances to maybe invest in something. Right. But maybe we work with the passive side income. It, you know, kind of it takes money to make money as we're growing, we then can maybe invest in or start those future projects. And, and then also like, um, you know, the thinking, like the Web3 community, the Web3 space, the way that we think about things, decentralization and stuff, that's still so new. So the thinking has to spread first and then those those types of companies will come and, you know, hopefully we can kind of be at the forefront, but, you know, we want everybody to get to the same place where we are. Um, and then just what Black Label was talking about with the AI art. Um, I've, I'm sure somebody, some of you have seen, um, I haven't played around with it yet, but there's even two different companies I've seen so far lately um, in my rabbit holes that I do on the internet so often um, that do, like AI copywriting now, um, generating your own copy and helping you um, even, you know, kind of get over writer's block. It, it like gives you something to start with that you can then go in and make your own. And I'm just I'm so excited about that too. So yeah, there's a lot um, here. For sure. Uh, there's okay. a lot of those amazing uh, tools that are out there. Um, I've seen a few of those copywriter ones too. And I think that, again, it goes back to this idea that the grunt work and the time that has always been spent on creating a lot of this content is soon to be negated. But what has to be there, the human element, the creator element is this idea of expression and expressing with purpose. You know, I think that's, you know, we talked about this in a space of a few days ago, but that is something that is paramount. That's the keystone to everything because it, one thing, it's one thing to play around with these things as tools. It's another one to use them with a purpose. Um, and that goes with anything, whether it be discord or AI stuff or anything like that. It's like, what is the purpose when you're talking about building a platform? 
what is the purpose? Like, are you passionate about, this is like an open question, not, not you specifically. Um, but are you passionate about being a developer and building a platform or are you passionate about talking to people? Because if you're passionate about talking to people and collaborating together as a group, you don't need your own platform. But if it's, I think that what's important to, to think about when you're doing your own thing is what is it that you absolutely love to do right now? I love the AI stuff. I love creating artwork. I love talking to artists. I love hearing what people are trying to express. I love all of that. I'm absolutely obsessed and committed and dedicated and motivated to all of those things. I don't want to do anything else. So those are the things that I want to do all the time. And if it's something in, in building a site and working on that in order to empower and innovate other artists, that's something I'm extremely passionate about too. So it's a, it's an easy yes. But if you were to ask me, do I want to build a platform? My answer would be no, because I'm not a developer and I'm not going to build it myself. And that would, what it is you spend your time doing is the thing you're spending your time doing. It sounds redundant, but you got to think about it in terms of like, what is it you actually are trying to achieve and what that purpose is. And that's going to be very important to all the new things that are coming out is, is what's the purpose and why are you doing it? What's your story? What are you trying to achieve? You know, you have to respect your lifestyle and your goals, um, your goals in particular, as you were saying, Black Label. I think that when the NFT craze really got started, every single artist and their mom thought that they had to make a discord or they would fail. And that turned out to not be true, mostly because I think that not only um, being that we're on Twitter as such an open uh, forum, that everybody has the uh, not only the, the power on Twitter to succeed, but they can respect what their needs are, what their expectations are. And being that we can differentiate our platforms and that marketing sure does have formulaic elements to it. There is no one specific road to success. So to tell an artist that they have to make a discord or they'll fail is kind of missing the point, I think, of what not only what art is, but what success is. Um, I want to call on uh, Anne real quick. Hello, my friend. Hello. So, um, yeah, I, I keep going back and forth as everyone's talking about this because there are pros and cons to, to doing it both ways. But I think, you know, in a, in a kind of ideal, long-term sort of way, there are huge advantages to having your own platform because you put in so much time, which you know, could, which could be the downside. It takes a lot of time and a lot of effort to build your own thing. But then once you have that, no one can take that away from you. And, you know, as someone that has had passive income in, in a number of different streams, um, when you build on someone else's platform, that platform can change your income in a snap, you know? So if, if YouTube changes their algorithm, it, your income changes, you know, if Amazon decides that they're going to change what their affiliate percentage is, your income changes overnight. So there are a lot of pros to building your own thing. Um, but I think that the only real way to go about that is you have to build your audience first. So, you know, you can't just come along and build a platform and expect people to find you. You're going to have to spend years probably building your platform, building your audience, I should say, 
And of course you do that on someone else's platform. <laughs> so you're on Twitter or Instagram or TikTok or Facebook or wherever your people are and build your audience first. And then you can, you know, and it can be a funnel, you know, you don't have to go immediately to, to building your whole, whole membership site or something like that. You can do, you know, the Patreon way first, or you can move into doing one of the other forums um, or the various tools that are out there before you build your own thing. But I think ideally, long term, for people to build their own platform is the safest way to go because no one can just change their mind about something or you get canceled somehow, you know, maybe you said something politically incorrect on Twitter one day and they shut you down or something like that. So if you have your own platform, you have control over all of that. I'm going to pin my two favorite Cuban artists to the top in just a moment because we've already seen this happen in the NFT space. Um, OpenSea has decided that they're just going to ban Cuban artists without any notification, and they are now missing a massive part of their income. Um, part of the reason that I wanted to have this conversation about, especially passive income streams, was to educate everybody about all of the opportunities that they have, um, which isn't necessarily to say that, you know, you need to think about it right now or you're in danger of all of your income being taken away. Like, no, I'm not going to fear monger you like that. Um, but I do think that it's very important for artists, especially artists, to start thinking about um, how they're going to generate an income based on, again, their lifestyle and their goals and contextualize that for the future in a way that invests in wealth generation so we're not working for the rest of our lives. Um, so I'm going to post those to the top in just a moment, but uh, let's, oh God, was it BK or Steph first, my friends? I just wanted to, I just had a quick thing that I forgot to say before that it does speak to what you were saying. And um, I... What I was going to say before is what NFT Buzz said, he said it was yes and, and um, that's definitely seems like what Anne is saying too. You know, it's, it's focusing on building the following in the community first, and you can do that on any platform. It doesn't have, but Twitter is a great one for it, but it doesn't have to be your own. And something that um, a lot of business owners say too that I have yet to implement but I'm working on is the email marketing thing because nobody can really take that away from you um, and then no matter where you go whether it's navigating to your own platform or a different one like Instagram or Facebook or whatever the future whatever platform is in the future you can communicate that to your people and and they'll follow you there so, um, yeah. Yeah, I was just going to follow that up with pretty much uh, an extension of the same point. One word that hasn't been brought up yet is conversion. Everyone in this room right now, are we are, by doing what we're doing, we're increasing our chances of converting over to, to join our little, you know, our, our created sphere of, you know, it is that we do. I use platform where people have no fear of getting into it or they're already into it and then they wave their way into these rooms and become or a bank. Oh, you're officially rocking BK. BK, my friend, you still there? 
BK has rubbed, ladies and gentlemen, and Zembos. Um, so to, to what you're saying, though, um, I think BK was going on to platform integration, and it sounded like ease of access, which I agree with. Um, I think that, so originally, I think we were asking, why don't artists just make their own platform? And we have answered that with um, issues of, of course, investment time and making sure that you're fed. But social media platforms, I think, have innovated to the point of fault as far as accessibility is concerned, where we are now culturally having a conversation about how we're addicted to it. So when it comes to platform integration, I think that's enormously um, important to whether or not somebody is going to use it. Not only that, but obviously the uh, benefits, utilities, and um, excuse me, overall like income benefit matters. And we've already talked about that a little bit as far as like the price that um, Patreon, for example, takes out of your subscriptions, um, as well as like PayPal fees and things like that. Um, I do think that there is a wide variety of platforms that is available for artists, depending upon what your needs are. But of course, like my knee jerk is going to be build your own platforms and make your own income instead of paying these platforms for access. But I also want to make sure that people understand that there is no damn shame in using another platform, especially if you can't afford it. Um, things like web dev costs a hundred dollars a month, which I don't think we can discount and it's not fair to discount that some people just can't afford shit like that. So if you use free things like discord or like Twitter to do your marketing, rather than paying an agency to do it for you, please don't feel shame in that just as much as I don't want you to feel shame for not being able to do things like the algorithm workflow every single week. I want you to respect your lifestyle as much as you respect your goals and your authentic voice. We're not here to shame you for not being a production line of marketing and content creation. So please, please keep that in mind. Did we get BK back up here? I saw him request. I thought Lawrence requested yeah. too. Lawrence, did you I request or was that my imagination? Oh, go ahead, Black Label. I was going to say, I, I approved BK, but he may have dropped again. Not sure. Go ahead, Steph. Steph, did you hand your hand up or am I just like hallucinating right now? <laughs> I just did the heart. No worries. <laughs> no worries. Okay. Hey, Brisa. Wait, is it Brisa or Brisa? Did I fuck that up? My love, are you there? Yeah, it's Brisa. It's Brisa. Hey, okay. I was back in the Twitter verse and not on the microphone button, but I'm back. It's, it's good to see you, my friend. It's good to see you, too, and I'm so glad um, to hear what you all are talking about here. Um, hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everybody, no matter where you're at. Thank you for being here with Kino. Um, Kino is absolutely a beacon of hope for us in this Twitter universe and um, if you ever feel like you were lost in the dark, look for the beacon, look for the lantern that Kino holds up, and she will guide you and she will get you through. Um, I, I was deleted twice in 2018 because of FOSTA, SESTA on Instagram. And it was uh, catastrophic for a lot of the, um, let's say, nude pinup creators that uh, essentially depended on Instagram to reach their audience. And then Tumblr went down. <laughs> and it just was really, really bad for a lot of creatives. Um, people are mentioning Vero again. 
trying to make Vero happen. And it's like, okay, good luck with that. Like, we all know how that went in 2018. And um, Discord is very overwhelming unless you're a gamer, unless you're like in that zone and you're used to it. I've tried Gilded. It's a little bit cleaner, a little bit easier, but still, it's just like a derivative of, of Discord. So one thing that I would suggest to people here, um, get familiar with Linktree. Have a Linktree and uh, get familiar with your uh, Twitter communities because that's actually the easiest way to not have to build a Discord and still keep it in Twitter. And another thing that Twitter has developed is Twitter Circles. Twitter Circles is um, essentially you get to pick a list of people and only the list of those people get to see your tweets. So something that I would suggest to people, create tiers. If you want to get into my Twitter circle, that's X amount of dollars. If you want to get into my Twitter community, that's X amount of dollars. And just like Patreon has tiers, you set it up on your link tree that says, yes, this is my uh, Twitter circle tier. This is my um, space host tier. Because I've had to turn 24 people down this year that have asked me to uh, be a space host for them. And I was like, you know, 24 people, that's actually pretty good. I, I, I have some marketability there. Um, and, and I put it in my link tree where I was like, hey, you want me to, to be a space host with you? Here are my rates. Here it is, you know, and then I'm happy to work with you. So I'll, I'll just leave it at that, that. There's actually like a lot of ways that we can monetize and, and create here just within Twitter itself. If you make sure you read the terms and service and agreements. And then the last thing that I'll say is that uh, the spaces are going to turn into podcasts soon. Twitter is working out a way to have the spaces be saved themselves and work it into a podcast. That in itself can be monetized. So there's a lot of opportunity out there just within Twitter, but definitely don't put all your eggs in one basket. Um, make sure you have a website, make sure you have a backup. Definitely collect those emails and those, and those funnel systems, whatever you need to keep your core audience in tune. And thank you, Kino, for all that you do. I hope everybody can drink some water and have a good day. Take care. I adore you. Um, you actually touched on something really important that we haven't talked about yet. And um, I kind of want to ask Black Label if you have experience with, um, oh, God, what is it called? Uh, data collection, but with a nicer phrase. Basically, your ability to ensure that your core audience moves through all of the different products that you have, um, as well as platforms through collecting their data and emails. Do you have experience with that, Black Label? I do. Yeah. Um, email is definitely probably the one of the mainstays of anything is, is email. Um, oh, as far as um, like, yeah, do you mind uh, talking a little bit about that and maybe applying it for artists specifically? Yeah. So I think, you know, we keep talking about like what platform we're using and stuff like that. I think it's one, let's talk about vocabulary real quick. I think using the platform, using is a good thing. Relying on it is not a good thing. So don't rely on it, but use it to its fullest advantage until you can't use it anymore. The, the thing that a lot of people who have been canceled or censored or whatever the case may be, or just like lose their account for whatever reason, or as um, uh, Brisa was just talking about, like losing um, her ability to post and things like that that happens because these platforms are overwhelming. So one way you can kind of bypass that is collecting emails or collecting some method of communication. 
um, and using that as a backdrop, you know, people, a lot of people who do that, they basically do it with, um, you know, they use newsletters as kind of an excuse to communicate with people, but really it's a backup system for any type of communication you might have where, you know, if I have 10,000 people in an email list that I've acquired over years and all of a sudden my account gets deleted for whatever reason on Twitter, then I'm able to email all of them and say, Hey, I started a new Twitter account or, Hey, come to my website instead, or, Hey, buy this link through my email or whatever. And you have this as a backup process to do that for artists specifically. I think that it gives you a way to get in touch with people to, you know, for the NFT world to give drop information and to let people know you're about to, you know, drop a series or whatever. And it's not, you're not hoping that, um, you know, whatever posts you put up and pin up on your account is going to be seen by everybody who, you know, that you'd be able to communicate with, with a one-on-one. So there's several different methods to go about doing that, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a mainstay and one that's important to uh, be able to communicate with people regardless of what happens. I wonder if there's interest in, Oh my God, what's the word? Continuing. Hello. Sorry, my vocabulary is gone. I wonder if there's interest in continuing where we're going as far as data collection is concerned, but applying it to wallets specifically. Um, Let me back up before I do that, though. So one reason that I'm annoyed with Discord is that, sure, you do get people in your Discord, and sure, you can add everybody to effectively market to them on a singular platform, but that still doesn't mean that you are intimate with them as far as marketing is concerned um, by like having access to their personal information um, via email, um, etc. So if like converting people into Discord, converting people into anywhere is already a challenge. But what I'd like to see more artists do is making sure that when they do make that conversion, that there is some sort of data collection so that as they continue to scale their platform and really think about ways that they can affect their income, especially passive income, especially especially wealth generation, that they're able to carry on this, uh, this audience with them. Um, so yeah, I wonder if, if wallets are eventually, if they are now somebody has found this and I'm just ignorant to it, but yeah, I wonder if web three implementation, as far as wallet, um, addresses are concerned, um, will have some sort of email sort of contact intimacy based utility. Yeah. I I love that idea. Um, so you mentioned just real quick, you mentioned something about conversion. I think BK, he mentioned that as well. And I think that just to touch on that real fast as a general rule of thumb, this is like, and this varies, there's a lot of different cases, but as a general rule of thumb, you're talking about roughly a 1% conversion rate for every single layer of conversion. So this is something that's for everybody when it comes to passive income, art, whatever it is. Okay. Just think about it like this. It's a 1% conversion rate with almost every single layer and some, some are better, some are worse. But if you have, let's say you have a, um, a a Twitter account with a hundred thousand followers and you make a post and let's say Twitter loved you a lot and showed it to every single person, then you're talking about a thousand people would do whatever it is you're asking them to do on average, a thousand people are going to do that across all industries. Okay. So if you have it so that let's say you have a thousand people or you have a hundred thousand people, you market a website, new product, you're selling running shoes or whatever, then a thousand people will click on that and they'll go to your site. Now, 1% of those people are going to put a, um, we're going to put add to cart. Okay. So now you're talking about a hundred people. Now, uh, 1% of those people are going to actually buy. That's one sale. 
So that varies across a lot of markets and it's not, it's just, it's, it's a mathematical, you know, equation to think about things. So if you're talking about how to get in front of people and, you know, you have a Twitter account, you're going to post something that's going to go to a webpage and that's going to make people try to buy something. You're going to have to have them do the wallets and everything else. Every single layer that someone has to go through every single step, you're going to lose a percentage of people. It's just mathematically the, the way of the land and how it operates with any type of sales at all. So my point is, if you have a way to get in front of them directly and cut out the amount of steps you're asking them to do, such as email or text message or some way like that, you get right in front of them and skip five other conversion layers, you're going to have a significant jump in amount of sales that you're doing in general. And this is the case for every business I've ever worked with at all. It's always like this. There's always a conversion rate. So think about that when you're starting to ask people to do things such as, you know, which is a called call to actions, right? What your CTAs are, what you're asking them to do, and you're asking them to go buy or purchase or anything else, you're going to always lose people. So the more streamlined you make that process, the more conversions you're going to have as just an overall volume game. Um, so keep that in mind when you're talking about how you're going to talk to people, because it influences the way that you actually end up making sales. So, and the next time you're feeling anxiety about your sales, please remember that <laughs> I love you so much. You are so much better at marketing than, um, everybody is everybody. A lot of people, excuse me. A lot of people are so much better at marketing than they think that they are. And we tend to get down on ourselves because we have less than a 10% conversion rate. And granted, after I have met with people multiple times, I expect their conversion rate to be over 10%. But I think it's so important that for you as an artist to recognize that 1% is still what these corporations are doing. So you're doing okay. You're doing everything right. I, I appreciate that people, of course, are seeking out resources and learning more so that they can kick themselves up to that 10%. But um, as, as always, I just want to make sure that we're normalizing everybody's experience here. Um, it's like Misfit, I know that um, you've got your, um, your Wednesday weekly um, that you're converting people to and you're doing a wonderful job. I'm like, sorry, I've got to like not pitch a thing, but um, Misfit allowed me to do an algorithm audit on them. And I had a blast, a total blast with that. Um, thank you for letting me do that. Um, and I hope that you see more conversions to um, to your, your newsletter because um, I, I just I, I had such a good time with that. Sorry, I'm gushing. Um, Buzz, do you want to go? Yeah, yeah. You, you guys are talking about wallets and email lists, and yes. I'm a big fan of both. I'm currently beta testing this thing. It's basically a Web3 Wix. And um, it's, it's interesting because um, uh, I have an email form and I'm converting not only emails, but I'm attaching them to wallets. And um, that's one way I'm connecting with my collectors. Not only that, I'm also, um, it's essentially, a, I could, I've also created a token gated address form. So I'm trying to um, send stuff to my collectors. And um, yeah, I think um, connecting wallets or like wallets to um, addresses or emails is like, pretty interesting something that i ran into recently how do you think that that's going to shape um data how do i want to put this like data communication like personal communication as far as wallet addresses are concerned do we have any suppositions on what that's going to look like in the next year 
Go ahead. I think that'll actually open up a lot because you have a situation where even we're talking about all these platforms, like being able to control what you're doing, but even email does the same thing. Like Gmail does the same thing in a very big way. They, they, they censor in the sense that they'll throw you into spam or promote it or socials or whatever. And you have to constantly fight that game too. So if you're talking about an encrypted wallet to wallet messaging system, it will not be able to be stopped by anyone. Um, there may be some process within some of the facilitators, like some of the wallet facilitators or something to that effect, maybe in the future. But at the end of the day, you still own that address and there's nothing anyone can ever do about it. So if you're able to have communications based on that as a foundation, that's um, that's pretty bulletproof. After you, Steph. Yeah, I was just going to ask, but I think um, Black, he basically answered it. <laughs> I was just going to ask as a newbie what what exactly that means to connect an email to um, the wallet, but I guess there's a way that you can communicate to the wallet. I don't know. If you have an ENS, you could technically put your email there if you wanted to, but um, this is a way to like to give the to give it to the collector or, or the artist. And mind, I think that. Oh, sorry. Um, mind, I think that a lot of this technology will be more accessible in the future. Again, kind of in the spirit of the original query, um, I think that we need these platforms to come through and build more accessible platforms using the um, devs that are perhaps on their team, but certainly the investment um, that they have to pile into um, these platforms. Sorry, my ADHD is fucking wild today if I'm uh, getting off base. But yeah, effectively, I think that um, if, if we're supposing what the future is going to look like, then we also need to understand that accessibility comes with innovation, um, but it's going to be gatekept as it probably is right now. It's going to be gatekept by the people who understand the dev work before we as the consumers are going to fully understand it. Uh, sorry to interrupt you, Buzz. Go ahead. Oh, no. All I was going to say is um, it, it's a token gated form for addresses. So it could be a, a, a token gated form for all kinds of information that you want to collect from your uh, collector specifically. Interesting. That's all. Yeah, so income generation, I think, in Web3 is going to be a continuing conversation. But again, I would encourage you as creators, as artists, to reach out to these platforms and let them know what kind of incentives you want. Um, for example, stock imagery. Again, I'm very bullish on stock imagery because that's where I made a small fortune on my photography. And if I can apply that to Web3 and Web3 licensing and passive income via secondary sales, like think about how much money you could be making in the future just based on the technology that we have right now. Um, so yeah, if, if you don't have a team to work on these things for you, then let's get you in contact with the teams that can and uh, figure out how to, how to go from there. Um, I wonder if, so we've got about 20 minutes left. Obviously the space title has changed quite a bit, um, but I wonder if maybe we should talk about different income streams. I don't know, what do you, what do you think Black Label? 
Yeah, I think I would love to open the floor up to people who have questions about income streams and giving some like direct feedback answers, uh, that sort of thing. I, I'd like to do that because I feel like there's probably several people in the room that are trying to do something or have an idea or want to do something or whatever. And I just I want to make sure they have the space to speak and answer questions. You got it. Um, yeah. So if anybody has any questions, please request, raise your hand um, as you were. But let's let's just go into income streams real quick then. Um, so in the workbook, I have laid out an exhaustive amount on income types, sales channels, as well as income streams. Let me just introduce real quick what income types are and why I wanted to have this conversation about passive income in particular. Um, there are three different income types. One is active income. The second is passive income. And the third one is a little bit controversial. I've got a couple of controversial takes in this chapter, but the third one is impact income. Active income is basically the practice of actively using your time to produce something, monetizing it, and effectively monetizing the manifestation of the time that you have used. So essentially, if it takes time for you to make something and you can't sell it again, that's active income. And that is also how most of us as artists run our business is create something, sell it, you're done. And I would really like to pivot our thinking around that. And part of the reason that I was so bullish about Web3 at first is because it seemed to introduce quite a bit of passive income through secondary sales. But I'd still like to see quite a bit of innovation there, both in the thought around it and also application. But effectively, what if uh, passive income is, is your ability to make money from a good or service that requires little to no management after conception. Basically, if you're able to make something and then sell it over and over and over, you're participating in passive income generation. And actually, the way that a lot of us move within the Web3 space as artists most of us still default to active income, even with additions. If you are so prolific that you're able to get uh, secondary sales, then great, that definitely is a function of passive income. But for the most part, when we sell a 1-1 or we sell a series of additions that are limited to 10, 20, 100, when those are sold, that's it, which means your portfolio, as far as NFTs are concerned for that particular picture, for that particular collection is gone unless you get secondary sales. So I would really, again, like to see us pivot, not only the way that collectors think about it, but the way that we commodify and provide utility for those secondary sales. Because um, obviously uh, PFPs, um, do incentivize those secondary sales by continuously providing people with those utilities so that there's demand thereafter. Um, but for the most part, I haven't really seen a lot of 1-1 artists capitalize on that. And the reason that I want to stay on passive income so much and teach that is because passive income is the gateway to wealth. What I do is translate proven business tactics for artists. And what I mean by passive income or what passive income traditionally is, is you have wealth 
you invest your wealth to make more wealth. That is effectively what passive income means. And I would love to change the narrative around that for artists instead of thinking about having wealth at first, rather have an asset and make that work for you as much as possible so that you build the wealth to be able to enter into the conversation with wealthy people where you're now using that wealth to generate more wealth. Um, Black Label, I want to pause because I see your, your mic's unmuted. Go ahead. Yeah, everything there's everything you just said is absolute platinum status. It's, it's so true. I think that that's one of the hardest parts with anyone... If, when you when you're developing a skill, um, let's say you're just say you're copywriting or something, and that that's a skill, and that's something that takes time for you to do. And what ends up happening is is that maybe you're like, okay, cool, like I can do this and I can make some money. Like this is like a little side hustle, or whatever, and you can do it. If you are successful with that, you'll end up failing. And the reason why I say that is because if you get successful with that, you'll end up burning up all the time that you have. And um, as someone else mentioned earlier too, like by doing your own thing and running your own stuff, there's a there's sort of this myth around it that oh, just because you run your own business, now you're rich, now you can kind of do whatever you want to do, and that's that's the opposite of the case. Like you end up working more than you ever would before, unless you create a way to have passive income in the sense that you build once, you sell twice, three times, 10 times, a hundred times, that's how you do it. Um, and so I think that it's like, we have to start thinking like that when it comes to the NFT space, I agree with Kino completely is that that's one of the challenges I've had to think about too, in the sense that I'm, I'm against doing one-to-one of anything because you'll never, you'll never get rich doing that unless you're, you know, selling your NFTs for a million dollars a piece. So it's, it's never, you're, or by rich, I mean, by building wealth, I'd probably prefer to say that, but so you're, you're not going to be able to do that. And every single time you go to make a sale, it's a one-off sale. There's a few ways to do this. One is a, a subscription model where you build whatever it is and you sell that thing, you know, month by month, or you have a, a small service that doesn't take you a lot of time that you can replicate or have someone else replicate with their time and you provide that as a service, but you get that constant income so that with a subscription model, every single time that you get a new sale, well, you're just, you're compiling those on with a very low churn rate, most likely, and you end up growing your income that way by doing it that way. Or you have something that um, you are able to have someone come in and, and buy over and over and over again, the same thing over and over again. So say, for example, I like to call it the toothpaste model where like, if you make amazing toothpaste and someone wants to have your toothpaste or now when they run out, they're going to come out and get your toothpaste again. Even though you're having an overhead with that, it's still something you don't necessarily have to have that customer acquisition cost again, because they're going to be a repeat buyer. So there's a couple different ways to go about doing that, but you have to think about it in the sense that if you do it one time in the sense that I would say, not necessarily the production side, but the sale, if you have that customer acquisition one time, how can you profit off of that multiple times versus just the one time? And that's how you end up building wealth because compounding it over and over again is the thing that gets you through that glass ceiling um, that a lot of people get stuck at. And do you mind if I introduce the last income type and then I'll, uh, I'll roll back to you? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. All right. You got it, friends. Um, so the last one, a little bit controversial, but I'm calling it impact income. 
I want to draw attention to it because this income is generated by monetizing your digital platforms. A lot of us call it influencer marketing. I am rebranding it to impact marketing. Um, but basically what it is, is both passive and active income. But the nuance is that instead of leveraging content and physical labor, the value is based on your metrics, most specifically your engagement metrics if you use social media. Um, but examples of it would include things like affiliate marketing, which can also be uh, partnerships and sponsorships, um, selling a post or a multitude of posts on social media, a guest blog or podcast spots. Um, Brisa, um, you said that uh, you were monetizing your spaces. I'm sorry, your appearance on spaces. So you're definitely participating in act or I'm sorry, impact income there. Um, I also made a little joke in the workbook that it's basically anything the Kardashians do. Um, come up and challenge me on that. Um, and lastly, uh, paid reviews of a product. So yeah, effectively, if you are leveraging your metrics, your status on social media, or well, um, what's the phrase that I always use? You die a hero or you live long enough to monetize your audience. If you're participating in that, you are participating in impact income. And go ahead, my friend. Yeah, so I just wanted to add on to what you were saying about the benefits of a passive income. Um, because I totally agree with everything that you said, all of the, the different benefits there are. But there is one other thing that maybe people might not have thought of, and that is that there's a certain amount of security that comes with having a passive income, too. So um, I've been a photographer for 11 years, and my entire business is passive income. Um, I'd love to use the example of what happened to me when, about this kind of security thing I'm talking about. So three and a half years ago, I developed an autoimmune disease and it messed up my joints. And so I'm unable to make new photographs. So during that time, um, I still had an income because my whole business was passive income. So I'm, you know, not making a lot, but enough to get by on books I wrote 10 years ago, you know, video courses I made five, six years ago, um, you know, presets, all kinds, of, I sell all kinds of stuff on my site. And that has been a huge benefit is that not only do you get to work when it's convenient for you and have that kind of lifestyle, but should something happen to you, you could still have an income to get you through it. The first time I actually dug into your ecosystem, and I was so impressed by the depth of content that you offer and that, yeah, like no matter what happens to you, because you have not only differentiated your platform, differentiated the different types of content that you make, um, but ensured that you have different types of incomes to generate as well, you have effectively made sure that no matter what happens, you still make an income. And sure, if we were able to pivot you into um, expanding those platforms, perhaps expanding your marketing, what you offer, who knows, that's a private conversation. Um, but if we were to expand your offerings, then I'm confident that we could help you build wealth off of that. But 
just being that you already have all of that available is nuts. And it takes a profound amount of time to do that. So I suppose if I were to leave this space right now, it would be to encourage people to make sure that they are thinking about, again, respecting their lifestyle, respecting their needs and their goals, but start thinking about the different incomes that you could have and the different types of content that you would need to create based on those and work towards that future so that we're not working for the rest of our lives. Um, I want to welcome Arjun. Am I saying your name correctly? Yeah, exactly. My name is Arjun Alchemist. I'm coming from uh, Kerala, India. It's good to meet you. Did you have... Hey. Um, go ahead. Ah, no, no, no. Shoot, come on. Did you have um, something to contribute to this topic? Yeah, of course. I think I'm I'm grateful to uh, share this platform with you. You know, actually, this is a wonderful platform for uh, speaking of the artist. So it's it's just a, a good moment to uh, know what the uh, artist can contribute about this topic. Uh, for me, uh, I'm Arjun Alchemist. Uh, I'm from. Uh, Kerala, India. I'm very new to NFT. I just have been um, inter around one and a half month. And I, what I understand from the NFT space, everyone is trying to create the art and also trying to establish their own space in NFT world. For me, I always keep get more connections with new artists. And, and and getting more and more explosion in photography. I'm basically a photographer and portray traveling straight photography. Basically, I'm proud to say that because I have been traveling for 12 years. I have I have been photographer. I'm I have been photographer for 15 years. According to my education career, I completed my post graduation in physics. But more than uh, chemical and physical laws. My passion blend with photography. And for me, the platform for solving their skills and artistic mindset for a photographer or an artist is very less in cyberspace. So you can you can so many space you can so many you can so many space available for that. Uh oh, I think you rubbed my friend. Oh, there you are. Hello. Sorry, Jin. You uh, you rugged there for a moment. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, basically, uh, I really congratulate Kino uh, for uh, setting up set up being uh, a kind of space like that. Uh, I can I, actually every artist connect with audience to their art. This is something we can tell about art. Instead of saying, instead of writing an essay for one and a half hours, instead of speaking in front of a mic for two hours, a single art can communicate. A single artwork can communicate with the audience, with the listeners, so clearly and so transparently by a single work. But the platform, the availability of platform is very less. So uh, the philosophy creator of philosophy transmitted to an art is very evident. Uh, let me pin a photo of mine and I have to, I, I like to communicate a 
Oh my God, I just hit the wrong button, my friend. I'm so sorry. Oh, I did that totally on accident, even though I'm going to ask you to stop real quick. Um, so you're, you're rugging a little bit, so it's a little bit difficult to, um, to hear you correctly. But what, what I heard is that we're able to connect via voice very well to each other and communicate, um, communicate the, the depth of our art. Is, is that, is that what you were saying? Yeah, actually, actually what I'm saying is, uh, the, the philosophy is very simple to communicate with people, but we can communicate a lot of with our art. And uh, for me, I think Web3 is a good, very good uh, converting platform for uh, artists for communicating their arts with the audience. And I think uh, the own platforms are really efficient and really needy for uh, to create their to create their own space and establish their own space in front of the audience. I think so. Um, and Twitter in particular is an amazing opportunity to connect with each other. Um, yeah, I, I was having trouble um, understanding a lot of it. I'm so sorry. So I can't really pick out the, the nuance, my friend. Um, Black Label, do you have uh, any any additives there? No, I'm in the same boat. I, it was kind of breaking up pretty hard for me. Um, but I, I think I got the gist that it's um, just a matter of being able to have ease of communication. And uh, I think it goes back to the idea of these platforms and you know, these, these types of features and things are difficult to get out there and we should use them to the best of our advantage, you know, while, while we can and while we build up, you know, backups and foundations for other things. Steph, after you. Yeah, thanks. Um, so I have a question, I guess, uh, to Black Label and anyone who, um, you know, creates NFTs, because um, that's not something that I have gotten into yet, in, even though I'm very interested. Um, in Kino, I shared in the Discord the other day an article that was about commercial rights and NFTs. Oh, yeah. Which, uh, do so, you remember what room that was? I don't. I was trying to find it, but um, oh, I, I have, did I'll find it. I did find the article. Um, I, uh, yeah, so I can pin it um, or share it on Pinterest or <laughs> Twitter later. Um, but I, I guess I'm curious what people would recommend in terms of um, commercial rights and stuff. Cause I'm a photographer. So I, I had been previously before I got into the web three space, like really educating myself around licensing and stuff like that. So, you know, that is, potentially a passive income stream so but I don't know much about it in this space so I guess I'd love to hear more on that so we have a couple of different expertise that hopefully can offer their their thoughts on this um, especially with uh, NFT buzz you just have a, a project with some iconography um, that I think you know you're, you're putting on um, physical products that you're monetizing but there's also of course a, a means of um, monetizing the the work behind that um, but for me what's interesting about licensing in web3 in particular and the the overall conversation about platforms 
is that I am so excited. Once again, I'm sorry, I'm tooting my horn about um, stock imagery, but I am so damn excited about being able to license my work for a particular amount of time to different businesses in a very similar way that I was doing with Getty Images. But now it's Web3 and built into our um, our addresses. Um so I, I think that that's at least where, where we're going as far as the, the future is concerned for one, one artists and licensing as far as stock is concerned. Um, but NFT buzz, I wonder if you can talk about um, your iconography and if you have any interest or have been kicking the proverbial ball around, around uh, licensing with, with your project. I mean, man, licensing is funny nowadays. We, we were having a CC zero conversation and I think the way that the memes are going, I wouldn't be hurt um, if someone were to put the time and effort to also put it on, on their pair of shirt. Or like, you know, if, if I would appreciate it if it was an owner, right? You own the NFT and, and that way you own that licensing. But in the same way, I feel like um, everything is CC zero until you have a lawyer with you to do something about it to stop them you have to be able to stop someone from you know like misappropriating your content and um yeah that's how i feel black label i think you unmuted but i was a adhd butt and didn't get back to you did you have one <laughs> yeah i mean i guess my my expertise is really on the other side of it not necessarily licensing what I have, but licensing, you know, purchasing licensing and things like that from the other side, I also have a pretty decent non-legal legal background. Um, and so I, as far as like the, the, um, the common use and like, or commercial use and common use and, um, public use and all that kind of stuff. Like, I feel like I've got a pretty good grasp on those sorts of things, but on the, you know, how you're going to license what you're going to use there. I think we're still sort of in an infancy with it. There's all, there's definitely methods to go about doing it, uh, stuff, but it's hard to, it's hard for, for me to say specifically, but there's, there are ways to go about doing it. I have seen it. However, at the end of the day, there's still, there's always ways around it. And what I've found is that unless you are in a situation and, and you and you may very well be in, in the near future, when you grow your platform to a certain extent and you are able to make royalties or make money off of sales or things like that, and you have the investment to protect it in a legal way, it's good to do that. But thinking about, um, you know, I, I've seen people fail before they ever even start because they try to get all the legal things done first and then they're enable, never able to actually get off the ground with it. So I think it just depends on like how serious you are about what you're doing. But as far as like passive income is Stuff, I'm sure that, that um, there's methodologies to go about doing that it's royalties and you know usage rights and stuff like that. Yeah, the article was so fascinating. Um, but one thing that I remember from it was being really surprised that like the Board Ape Yacht Club, they like give full commercial rights. And so some I was think it said somebody was opening up a cafe or something using their nft as kind of like the um i guess the theme and like of the restaurant yeah. or something and i just was so surprised <laughs> we'll see what's interesting about that is, is like if i was them i'd be okay with that too because it's free marketing it's something that they're not having to pay into in order for someone else to use their own stuff why not do that 
Now yeah. at the level that a lot of us are at, that kind of feels like it hurts the bank. But at the end of the day, like the more you give away and the more things you put out there with value without expecting anything back, more than likely you're going to get it back to you tenfold. That's sort of how the universe works in my opinion. But I think it's just the way that like you put it out there, but you also have to protect yourself too. There's a fine line between the two. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I liked the article so much is because it was kind of speaking to both sides. It was making that point that you're saying with, um, you know, it's building knowledge of your product outside of the space where everybody knows who you are. Um, but then on the other side, they were saying that like Gary V's whole NFT way that they're going, they don't do that. And he was saying something about he's trying to build the next Disney and the article was pointing out that if, because they've given away full commercial rights, that if they ever want to do something in the future, making like an animated series or something, they wouldn't be able to use any of the things that they've already made as characters. <laughs> so it was just really interesting. Yeah, it's it's a weird environment. I mean, look at what Stable Diffusion's doing. Um, for those who are un unfamiliar, you know, when they launched their beta, they just opened it up to commercial comments, or I'm sorry, to, to like the public comments. And so it's something that's like. Well, the, you know, they spoke about, um, and a lot of their kind of TOS, like, well, you don't own it. Everyone owns it. Well, if everyone owns it, then I own it. So they can do whatever they want to do with anything that I'm making. And I can do anything that I want to do with whatever I'm making too. And so can anybody. And so it's a really interesting dynamic that a company like that, especially with what they're doing with AI and everybody's plugging in everything else. And we, we've all seen the massive advancement that's happened with all these different developers and projects over the last couple of weeks, because they made it open sourced and for public use and, and free for everybody. But at the same time, it's like, there's a very weird blurry line between what's who owns what, and what can I do with the things that I maybe own? So it's a very interesting time for a lot of this stuff. I'm sure IP lawyers are um, getting really excited about this stuff. <laughs> they are, especially because the only like licensing parameters that a lot of us have is in text in the caption of our NFT rather than embedded in the actual contract. So I, I feel like we're going to have a bit of a problem in the future. And uh, yeah, attorneys are probably going to have a, uh, a really good time with all of that. Yeah. Um, the cat's out of the bag though, you know, like there's no, that's, that's the thing though. I think is like when I think when and I've had a couple of conversations, even with one or two people that are in this room over DM before about the kind of sort of like the legal rights around usage for these things, the, the, the bottom line is this, the cat's out of the bag. There's no going back. You can't go back after this. So I, in my opinion, it's not legal advice, but do whatever you want to do with it. <laughs> Try to capitalize on it while you can, because that, it may not be like that for long, but there's no way, like it, there's no way it's ever going to go back to what it was. We're at a, we're in a new frontier, a renaissance of these things. And there, there's no going back. Completely agree. Um, so I want to abruptly end the space if that's okay, mostly because there is another space that is discussing IP um, and licensing, excuse me, um, that is with Christina. Um, and also my hypoglycemia is uh, not having a good time and I've got a meeting in an hour with um, a beautiful person who's on stage here right now. I love you. Um, but also, so, okay. So Carla Ortiz has messaged me about um, the title of this space in particular, but 
we wanted to talk about AI art and um, the, the conversation that was happening, you know, two weeks ago. But Carla and I, I think, are going to coordinate perhaps about platforms, uh, platform differentiation, as well as um, scalability as an artist. Um, so it sounds like both of our schedules are, are free next week. So we'll, uh, we'll talk about that. And Black Label, thank you for your big brain takes. Um, I would love to do another one of these with you uh, again. This has been lovely. Yeah, it was fantastic. I, I love the conversations. I, I love these little conversations with everybody. It's always so great to have feedback and stuff. And also I scrolled through the list of people that are in here and we're following, I'm following a lot of you and you're following, a lot of you are following me and I don't see you in my feed. So DM me, message me or whatever, always open to a conversation with anyone. And um, everyone's just doing such a great job. Good luck with everything. That reminds me, I have tales to give out. But before I do that, I have to do the thing that I'm really bad at doing. And that's chill myself. Do as I say and not as I do. I'm terrible at this. Hi, everybody. Um, none of my content is scripted or sponsored. It is independently funded by the members of my new website. Oh, my God. Um, creativeindustry.io. Um, I work my ass off um, on original research and patent pending workflows to make sure I'm going to cry that artists succeed in business so that they can get back to art. So consider subscribing today for access to all of my content, my entire ecosystem. Um, I hope that uh, if you don't do that, then join my discord because we do have a community of subject matter experts, successful artists and artists who are just on the same grind and journey as you are. And we are all here together to help each other. Um, I would love it if you were to support LGBTQIA art, SIND art. SIND art is actually a coin that, uh, sorry, a term that has been coined by Moxie down there. It stands for Chronic Illness, Neurodivergent, and Disabled Artists, um, as well as Black Excellence this month. So please make an effort to seek them out, engage with their tweets, talk about them in spaces, and go by their work. Um, what is this? If you'd like to follow me... Oh, if you'd like to follow me, I'm going to go support Christina's space next. Um, so if you, uh, you want to raid in, they are talking about licensing right now. Let me pin that up real quick. Um, but Black Label, do you want to tell everybody what you're working on real quick before we end? Um, yeah, so we're, um, I, I've got several things going on, several different collaborations in the mix. Um, we actually just launched an announcement last night slash this morning with a launch pad group called Blind Boxes. And um, over on September 8th, we'll be launching a thousand piece um, NFT series that will have uh, 10 editions of 100, uh, sorry, 10 unique editions with 100 each, so a thousand pieces. And it's all going towards a future DAO governance environment for an artist incubator um, is essentially what we're building. Um, I kind of touched on it earlier, but basically publication interviews and more importantly than anything else, telling the story of artists and why they're doing what they're doing. So that's what we're building. Black Label Art Cult, um, come and talk to me about it if you want. And um, yeah, I appreciate everyone's time and Kino, as always, loved it, appreciate it. Thanks for being here, my friend. Um, before I forget too, I need to give people tales. Um, Moxie, thank you so much for all that you have done and um, just being in these spaces all of the time. Um, nobody has to be in Discord for this. Um, basically, excuse me, what I'm doing with tales is um, I am awarding people tales because eventually, so we're, we're adopting baby Kitsune and those Kitsune are going to have a maximum of 10 tales, which is going to 
give you access to things that my project, the creative industry, is doing to promote equity within the space for artists. Um, so these tales are basically just a way right now for me to say thank you for supporting my project and um, and being here for j just anyway. I'm sorry. I get emotional. Um, Fede, you two, Jeff, Juliet, Animate, um, Black Label. I'm going to give you another one. NFT Buzz, you're just always here in my DMs supporting me. I appreciate you so much. Um, Sarah, you too. Um, Cree, hello. Um, thank you guys for, for being here supporting the space. And um, I think that we're not, we're probably not going to do tomorrow's space because I'm just, I'm writing my ass off right now. Um, but next week, let's do another marketing space on Tuesday and bring Carla Ortiz in for another one of these um, thinky thought spaces on uh, on Wednesday. And I hope to see you there, my friends. Um, I'm so bad at converting and pitching myself. Oh, my God. It's so hard, isn't it? <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you guys for being here. I appreciate you. I am so awkward. Help me, Black Label. Help. <laughs> everybody go buy stuff or sell Yay! your stuff there you go <laughs> we'll see you in the next space friends ciao ciao thanks bye thank you kano bye. thank you friends <laughs>